This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So we're in a study called Acts. It's the book of Acts, where it all started. And last Sunday, we started this series out in week number one. And uh, today, we're going we're gonna to kick things off on our part number two. And I'm going to lift this particular uh, statement from the Old Testament uh, or, or the book of Acts referring to the Old Testament book of Joel. This is that. This is that. Everyone say, this is that. Now, I want you to look at Acts 19, and, and, and then we're going to go to Acts 2 if you want to be ready. Here it goes. Acts 19, verses 1 and 2. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to flip over to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to have a pretty lengthy reading. And I'll walk you through it. Today's going to be unique because our our next several scriptures that we read, there's going to be three things that I want you to underline, if, if possible. If not underline, at least make note of. And we're going to be discussing these three key elements of the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Looking at verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. That's our number one thing we're going to be discussing today underline or make a mental note the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire And it sat upon each of them. Verse number four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's our number two or secondary point of teaching today. If you want to make a note of that. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all amazed and were in doubt saying to one another. What meaneth this? Others mocking You ever notice there's always someone to mock when God does something out of the normal of humanity. If you ever hear of a miracle, uh, if you ever hear of a miracle at the hospital or a miracle of someone walking away from a car wreck that just, it was impossible for them to live. If you ever hear of a miracle of, how about this miracle, taking a a down and, and awful say the worst of drug addict or the worst of alcoholic, the worst of liar or the worst of cheater, and then you hear the rumor, wow, they're cleaned up and saved. Well, most people mock and say, well, we'll see how long that lasts. Humanity always has an issue when God does what we can't believe him to do. 
And but that's what separates us from him. There's nothing impossible with him. So there's a group that's mocking saying, oh, these men are full of new wine. And Peter's standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice, verse 14. And he said unto them, ye men of Judea and all you guys that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These men are not drunken as you suppose, seeing that it's only the third hour of the day. But this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what, what should we do about this? And then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39. In this promise, this is unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. I wish we knew what those other words were. <laughs> that was, that's just awesome to me. With many other words. Well, doggone it. Why didn't they write those down too? What are those other words? I'm sure they were good. And he did testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now, I told you there were three things we're going to be talking about. Here's your third one, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I would love for you to make note of or highlight that on the same day, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. What a great piece of scripture this is. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. And every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. See, ladies, I told you you're supposed to go to that ladies party. Going house to house, breaking bread. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added, this is critical, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'm going to recap my three teaching points and then we're going to jump in. Number one, on the day the Pentecost was fully come. Number two, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And number three, and there was added to the church 3,000 souls. This is that. Let's talk about it for a few minutes. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, there were several Jewish holidays. There were several Jewish festivals that were fulfilled in Jesus a lot of folks are, have never given themselves over to study of the, the, the bridge, the connection between the old covenant and the new covenant. 
If you want to say Old Testament, New Testament, that's fine, but those are pretty much the structural positioning of the books of the Scripture. I'm a little bit more comfortable saying Old Covenant, the agreement of God with his people, and the New Covenant, the agreement of God with his people. Very few people know the connection between the two. And I want to be real clear, everyone at Calvary, if, you, if you've ever thought that the old covenant can just be thrown away, can I tell you that would be silly. The old covenant is, is not only worth knowing and understanding and loving and, and holding dear to your heart. You need to know how Jesus Christ came to fulfill that. You need to know the, the connections between the two. And in, in the old covenant, the people of God had some festivals that they participated in, some parties, some holidays that Jesus himself actually fulfilled and and brought to fruition. And there's actually some still yet to be that we're going to discuss. But one of the particular festivals that I want to highlight is the Feast of Passover. The Feast of Passover. Now, Nobody get too tired in this because I promise you it's going to make sense to you the further you go if you stay with me long enough to get it. If you remember the Exodus, the people of God were held in slavery in Egypt way too long and God said enough is enough. I'm taking you out and by my hand of deliverance what's going to happen is I'm going to send an angel of death and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get a hold of Pharaoh's people and he, didn't, he, he, uh, he did not yield to my warning. He's not giving in to my plan. And so therefore, death is going to visit every home except those that have the blood. And I know it's a, it may not make sense now for some of you, especially in these next two services, but everyone say the blood. I don't want you to feel weird about that. We're not talking about something weird. We're talking about something beautiful that God put into place in the old covenant. If you had the blood of a, of a lamb that was, that was literally taken and put over your doorframe at your house, that's a good way of saying it. When that angel of death came visiting house to house to house, the houses that had taken steps of obedience and placed the blood over their home, the angel would pass over and death would not visit. They would be protected because they were covered by that step of obedience. They, they said yes to what God was wanting them to do and they would live. So let's fast forward. The people of God are, re- are released and they're running for their lives out into the wilderness and into the desert place going to a better place and about Halfway into it, they stop and they say, we need to have a party. But what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate the fact that our houses were passed over and we were saved and we were delivered. And they had a festival. And that festival has continued on throughout history. It's the Feast of Passover. And there's a few things that they would do that is very critical to you under understanding how Jesus fulfilled that. The first thing that they would do, they would take, a, they would take a, an offering, they'd take a lamb, and they would sacrifice that lamb. 
And they would do it around the 9 a.m. hour. And they would place that lamb into, a, into an oven, into a cooking, uh, an oven. And they would place that in there about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And they would feast on that lamb. And, and they would celebrate the fact that the blood covered, everyone say covered, it, it covered their sins, it covered their mistake. It co- this, they would celebrate the remembrance of the passing over. Now you might ask, now what's that got to do with Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible says, here's a great scripture for some of you, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Do not think, Jesus speaking, Matthew 5, 17, do not think I have come to abolish the law. I've not come to abolish the, the law. I've come or the prophets rather, I have not come to abolish them, but I've come to fulfill them. Now, we don't have time for a three-hour Bible study, but you must understand, John, when John saw Jesus coming, he said, look at that. Behold the Lamb of God that has come to take away the sin of the world. Not cover the sin, but to take away the sin of the world. And if you know anything about your, your study of the, of the passion of Christ. If you know anything about Good Friday, if you know anything about Easter, if you know anything of that in your Christian faith, you'll know that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was crucified around the 9 a.m. hour. You will know that he was placed in the tomb about the 3 o'clock hour, give or take, and you'll know that his life did not just cover sin, it forgave sin. So he didn't come to abolish. He fulfilled what the old covenant couldn't quite get done. He got it done in his death, burial, and resurrection. It's the feast of the, of the Passover. Now, here's a great connection. I hope I'm not boring you. It's so funny how everybody wants to know, is that boy just tell jokes or has he ever got something to say? And then you go to sleep whenever I got something to say. Just wish you'd tell me really, really what he believed. Well, I'm telling you, if you listen, watch this now. If you know about the Passover and the feast of the Passover, and if you understand his Good Friday, as you would call it, then you would understand that after his days of being buried in that tomb, the Holy Spirit brought him to life. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he was alive in a new transfigured body for about 40 days. He was seen among men for about 40 days. And then he gathers his men together. The Bible says in John 20 that he came into a room. What room was this? This was a room where all of his followers were because they were scared to death that they were the next ones to die. And they thought, man, he's dead. He's, everybody says he's resurrection, but I, I'm, I'm so messed up. I'm not sure what's going on. So I'm going to go and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go and hang out with my friends in a private place. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared unto them. And I don't know why my mom and daddy had to name me Thomas, but there was a guy named Thomas that said, what's going on? I don't believe any of this. I don't believe it. It's fake media. It's fake news. I don't believe it. If it's on Twitter, I don't believe it. Somebody sent me an update on my Twitter account that Jesus is alive. I don't believe it. And Jesus said, put your iPhone down and look at my hands. And he showed him the nail prints. And Thomas believed. And that's where Jesus Christ 
changed everything for a little band of brothers. Jesus says, you believe. And he breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit of regeneration in their life. This post-resurrected Christ, this, this resurrected one has appeared unto these men and it changed everything for history because he then brought them together for his last sermon on the mountain of ascension. And Jesus Christ said, I need you to go into Jerusalem and wait. Their waiting was for about 10 days. Everybody say 40. And 10 equals Pentecost. You might say, no, no, it equals 50. Well, Pentecost is the 50th. There's the Feast of Passover, and there's the Feast of Pentecost. It's just that. It's not scary. It's not crazy. It's not a denomination. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is a number that's found in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter number 2. And it simply says, here it is, 50 days later. They were gathered together in the upper room. Now, you might ask, how does that relate to the Old Testament? Well, the Old Testament at that 50th, when the law was given, it, there was a, a, a loud noise and a fire came down. If you remember when the law was given and the law was written on tablets of stone. And guess what happened in the Old Testament? About 3,000 people died. It's what says, the Bible says. But Jesus fulfilled this. And in the new covenant, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says fire came down, rushing mighty, mighty rushing wind. And we know that Christ taught us that he didn't write that law on the stones anymore. He's written the law in our hearts. The work of the Spirit, the work of grace. And the Bible says on that day, about 3,000 people were saved. Now, I'm going to stretch some of you, and, and I don't mean it in the literal sense, but you try to live by the law, people die. You live by the Spirit, people live. You, you try to build your family on the law, get ready for a rough go. You build your family on grace, get ready for blessings. And then there's a third feast that oftentimes nobody... You know, they get hung up on Passover and Pentecost. They never want to talk about it's the Feast of Tabernacles. Anybody grow up with, with uh, that little song about how the, all the people come together and they fend the church and the, and the steeple and the doors open up? Tabernacle just simply means the coming together of believers. Well, in the old covenant, they were walking in the wilderness, living in temporary huts, living in a temporary setting trying to get to their ultimate home. They were tabernacling as they went, looking for the ultimate tabernacling. Well, this is a feast that's yet to be fulfilled because we're still living in a temporary home. But there's coming a day that we'll be tabernacling together in heaven and the Feast of Tabernacles will be fulfilled. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in Thessalonians, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But then all of us that are dead in him, no, alive in him shall be caught up. You need to get comfortable with the word Pentecost. It's just a feast in the old covenant. And it's just a number by understanding 
But there was something special that happened in Acts chapter 2 because when the day of Pentecost was fully come, when that 50th finally got there, my second teaching point today is that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to I touch one quick thing for some of you. I kind of grew up, I grew up in an environment that, that taught that if you're going to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that you need to tarry. And, and I've kind of starting to see something that I really love. And that is, they weren't tarrying for the experience of the Holy Spirit. They were tarrying for 10 days to let Pentecost fully come. The experience, the, the being filled, the, in, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to wait for that. That happens the moment that you take a step of faith and that you receive that baptism of the Spirit into your life. And it's just the same step of faith as the book of Romans teaches on confession. It's all in the power of your tongue. Taking a step of faith and being filled with the Holy Spirit as the book of Acts said with speaking in tongues. Now next Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about this consuming fire and we're going to be talking about uh, the topic that so many people either they either uh, make it a lot bigger than what it needs to be or they shun it because they don't understand it. we're going to be talking about tongues next Sunday it's going to be something you don't want to miss and we'll get there next week but these folks were filled with the Holy Ghost and I want to I want to throw it out there this way those disciples received the spirit that was indwelling in them in that, in that other upper room in John 20. They received the spirit for life. That, that indwelling of the spirit, that's for life. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is for power. It's for power. Power for what? Power to witness. The Bible says this very clearly. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then they gladly received his word. They were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Every single one of us in this room and the following services today, when you become born again and when you are saved, I want you to say these words. I qualify. Yeah, you qualify to be filled with the Holy Spirit with fire and power. And the purpose of it is not to make you feel good. The purpose of it is for you to be led into being a witness and sharing the gospel with a lost and dying world. And we've got a big month ahead of us in August. And the more you seek the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you'll be empowered with boldness. You'll be empowered with, with the quickening of the Word of God. You'll be empowered to a position where you're sensitive to needs. You know, it's very difficult to be a witness for Jesus when you think everything about this world revolves around you. I'm going to say that again. It's difficult to witness to others for Jesus when you think everything revolves around you. 
I called someone the other day to celebrate something in my life. And I said, hey, I want to tell you about this. And I told them and they said, oh, that's neat. Hey, by the way, and they went on all about them. And I just sat quietly for about 30 minutes. And I thought, well, shoot, I got to call somebody else to celebrate about me. Can I just tell you, you've got neighbors on every corner. You've got friends in every cubicle. You've got, you've, got, you've got people that you do life with. They have great needs. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you, not for, not for you, not to make you feel good, but to give you a sensitivity and a boldness and an ability to share Jesus with them. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is that. This is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And it came upon them with power to be witnesses around the world. The book of Acts tells how the gospel spread. And it spread like a consuming fire touching every person in its path. And we are a part of the same New Testament opportunity because we're in the dispensation of grace and God is equipping us to reach lost people. Stand with me today. Amen. 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 I'm going to do something a little bit different now. I want to pray now and I'm going to let our worship team take us out with this last and final song and then I'll dismiss you. Here's my appeal to you this morning. Here's my appeal to you. If you've never experienced the infilling or the upon this post-regenerative work of the Spirit, if you've never received that in your life, I'm going to ask you to seek it. Don't be afraid of it. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Now, I'm going to give you more education next Sunday on tongues. I know some of you, 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 you just can't get to that Sunday quick enough. And it's coming. But I will tell you this much. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be something for you. Because it's the difference maker. But you've got to ask the Lord. Heavenly Father, I've repented of my sins and I'm born again. But I just know that you have something for me. To, to break me out of my shell. And let me be a witness for you. It's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Seek it. Ask him for it. You don't have to wait. You don't have to, you don't have to wait till you're a certain age. You don't have to wait till you think you have memorized certain books of the Bible. The Holy Ghost is for all of us to be a witness. Everybody say amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, right now I just pray a blessing over this service. And Lord, we've celebrated heaven's view today. We've celebrated the fact that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life today. And Lord, as this church is moving through this series, we're, we're, we're opening ourselves up through education and we're opening ourselves up looking forward to an experience with you that can change everything for us. But Heavenly Father, right now, I just ask you to tend to us like a gardener would to its beautiful, beautiful blessing. Just tend to us today. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be ready as we seek what you have for us the rest of this month. I pray a blessing on our 1030 and our our, our 10 o'clock and our 1130 rather. Be a blessing to those services as well. In Jesus' name, everybody say a big amen. All right, let's sing this one more time.